This is August 8th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Baranofsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week, and wow, what a Monday. Three huge pieces of news. Bruins signed Patrice Bergeron, Bruins signed David Krejci, Bruins signed Pavel Zaka. Now, this Bruins Beat was a little bit different than normal. Connor and I did this live on Monday at 3 p.m. on the Bruins Rinkside YouTube channel. So make sure to go subscribe to Bruins Rinkside, first and foremost. However, uh, because that was released on Monday, I figured I'm not going to wait until Tuesday to release it. Let's just release the episode Monday night. So you're this came out Monday night. Maybe you're still listening Tuesday morning or Wednesday or whenever you listen to the podcast. So that really doesn't, uh, it's not really changed at all. But what a day. And that's why we did it live was because there's so many pieces of news and we wanted to you know have something kind of instant for you guys so so much we get into so much in this episode not just Bergeron Krejci and Zaka but what it means David Pasternak Jim Montgomery lots of moving parts that are extremely interesting regarding the situation but before we get into the conversation I want to tell you about our good friends over at Bet Online. our partners at Bet Online continue to be the Number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's Major League Baseball scores. Maybe cover your eyes when it comes to the Red Sox. Uh, The latest fighting news, next season's early NFL futures, and NBA and NHL futures as well. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get the bonus and get into the action. Again. Promo code CLNS50. Bet online where the game starts. Where the game starts. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, a little busy today. How are you doing? You're busy. What's going on? Is this, this stuff happening? Is that uh, what yeah, you're saying? I ran some errands, you know, I had to get a coffee. I was over at Stop and Shop, trying to be productive today. So, you know, checking a few things off the list. How are you doing? Doing great. Uh, doing great. I, I can't say my day was as busy as yours. It, it's crazy. But uh, in all seriousness, today is a very, very busy day. We wouldn't do a live Bruins beat if it wasn't busy. We've never done this before. We've done live streams. We have never actually done a live Bruins beat, though. Um, because it's a big day and it kind of came out of nowhere in a sense. I mean, we knew this stuff was all going to happen. I don't think we expected it to happen all in the same day. I think the biggest news of today is that we're doing a live Bruins beat. Actually, I think that is the the main headline. People aren't writing about it. You're not hearing it, but you know, this is, we're in a threat level midnight situation right here. Evan, with the amount of news on our feeds today. So uh, a fitting thing to, to knock out all this news at once. The mainstream media won't tell you this. The mainstream media won't tell you these things. We will. The mainstream media won't. Uh, Let's dive into it. So the Bruins signed Patrice Bergeron. One-year deal, 2.5 million base, 2.5 million incentives. You were right in the the incentives would be 
uh, very, very low. Uh, 10 games played. They're going to wrap uh, Bergeron a bubble wrap for that uh, tenth, when he gets to his 10th game. Or at least he is. Uh, Bruins then, a few hours later, signed David Krejci. One year, one million base, two million in incentives. And then just before we came on air here, uh, Bruins signed Pavel Zaka one year, 3.5 million uh, prior to the arbitration hearing that was supposed to be uh, August 11th. So lots of things. We will start with Bergeron though. Um, what are like, to me, again, the money doesn't surprise me. The incentives don't surprise me. The years don't surprise me. The only surprise is that it took this long to happen. Yeah. And I think that all just comes down to, I think for the Bruins, it's been mapped out for over a month now that Bergeron was coming back. It seemed very likely that Krejci was going to come back. I think it all was going to just come down to what the actual dollars and cents were going to be on these contracts. And as we've talked about countless times before, as we waited for actual news to kind of hit our feeds over the last month, whatever they were going to sign, Bergeron and Krejci was probably going to be low salary, heavily uh, incentive-based. But I think it did kind of surprise me just the – just how low these were, especially, you know, crazy, but, but Bergeron himself, I mean, two and a half million for a guy who went out last year, 36 years old and had probably the best defensive season from a forward in years, like probably Bergeron's best overall defensive season. We're talking about a guy who's arguably the best defensive forward in NHL history. So yes, just the fact that I think the Bruins are able to sign him to a, affordable deal like that um again not surprising like when i first when you, i think we first got the notification that you know i think what did they post like a a, a gif of him like smiling or, or something yeah winking <laughs> as soon as it happened i was like that's about right but then once you once you see i think that the bigger picture in terms of what he signed for and how much he once again as he's done countless times before uh doing the bruins a solid in terms of you know fixing their kind of tough cap situation they find themselves in uh, it's nothing but a plus for the Bruins, who obviously they're trying to go for it at least one more year. And if you have a guy like Bergeron in place at, as your 1C, as your defensive stopper for um, for where he kind of fits into the big picture, it's nothing but a plus for this Bruins team, even if it is just a short-term measure. Yeah, again, you're getting a number one center for $2.5 million as a cap hit. That's incredible. I mean, again, like we knew he would t- – I mean, there were some reports out there that he might want more. Uh, but again, I mean, I'll read this quote to you that he had at his press conference. I've made more money than I ever thought I would in hockey, leaving a few dollars on the table to make sure you're a good team and make sure you're a competitive team for years to come is what I've wanted to do. That's something that started here before me. Uh, that is quite impressive to hear, especially considering he's 37. He could easily have said, no, I want a lot more money than this. I don't want incentives. I want like real tangible money, especially as you said, like he's not showing any signs of decline. Like I know we kind of sat here and said, oh, he's 37. You know, he may... Not maybe not score as many points as he did in past seasons, or you know, this year he's not gonna have Martian to start the year. But the dude deserves every penny he gets. Um, and again, I think it comes just comes down to how one day can kind of not revitalize a franchise, but like completely turn the narrative. I think everybody forgets now they have all those injuries to start the year. It's like, oh, good, no more Connor Bedard. They don't need Connor Bedard. We don't need that. Uh, by the way, whoever Ryan M is on YouTube, uh, I see the comments on the right side. Pasternak, eight years, eighty-eight million per Friedman. I actually had to look that up because uh, I was like, "Man, maybe he's." Is got that what that, on, that that pause was? As like the sinking fear. I thought that I thought that was going to be your dream, though, Evan. Is one time we actually <laughs> record something live. And actually well, I, made, I immediately I immediately ran to Twitter because I was like, "Oh my god, is, is he serious? Like, did they actually just do that?" Because you know what? Today, like that is a thing that could easily happen. As people have said, it's eight. It's August eighth, so eight eight. 
maybe maybe it's meant to be. Um, but I think with Bergeron, what's what's interesting is again, I am curious to see what he is. Uh, I am curious to see what he looks he looks like without Marshan on his left side. I think that's going to be a very interesting thing to start the year because I think it'll probably be maybe Hall or Zaka on that left side. Uh, and again, I know we get to Zaka in a bit. Who would you, who would your pick be? I know in training camp, it's going to get hashed up, but who would your pick be to be on the left side of Bergeron to start the year? I would probably imagine it's probably going to be a guy like DeBrusque. You know, I think when you look at, obviously he found a lot of success this past season over the final stretch on the right side. But I think when you look at him and who's a guy like DeBrusque, who's been revitalized, I think, uh, you know, wanting to stick with Boston now with the coaching change, with the, the way he ended last year. I think if you're the Bruins, you stick him back to his normal spot at left wing, keep him with Bergeron and, and kind of get the ball rolling there. And when Martian does come back, it's a great problem to have if, if DeBrusque is playing well, because then you just slot him to the right side and you could probably have a very effective, you know, top line there. Because also I think it's not only the fact that you want to get DeBrusque rolling, but all right, David Krejci, still a very, very good playmaker. Still a year removed from the NHL. I would, if, if I'm them, I want to keep him with Hall, who was fantastic with Krejci last year, and keep those guys together. Yes. And, just and let Pasternak. It, and with Pasternak as well, and just let them let them roll through like that. So it's a good problem to have if you're the Bruins, Jim Montgomery, because also they very well could just reunite eventually Marshan Bergeron and Pasternak too. Like he's got many good options he can turn to if that's the case once guys are healthy. But I think to start the year, if it's Bergeron with DeBrusque and – you know, insert player here. Pretty good way to, to build up a line, especially if you have guys like Hall, Krejci, and Pasta further down in the lineup there. Yeah, it's funny. One uh, YouTube commenter uh, mentions potentially Lysel with Bergeron, which could. I mean, we did prospects uh, on Thursday. We did say to temper expectations. We did say that. Uh, but at the same time, you, you really don't know, um, just given uh, the, you know his development that he could have in camp. Uh, another piece of Bruins news today, Bruins signed David Krejci. Again, as I said, a year uh, one year, one million, two million in incentives. What I'm so curious about with this, I did not. I know in his uh, farewell post that he was going back to the Czech Republic, literally like a year ago. At the end, it said, you know, this might not be goodbye forever. Like, but I always thought, you know, if he's moving his family to the Czech Republic and he's going home, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect him to come back. Even during the year, like remember the amount of times we talked about during last season, like when's Krejci coming back? Is he going to be out there at Warrior just skating around? But now I, 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 I'm kind of surprised. Now I'm not surprised he came back because of all the stuff we've heard this summer. But I'm surprised in general that he came back to Boston, given that he moved his family to the Czech. Um, and again, a million to to pay three point five million in in cap for your one and two centers is pretty good. But I'm just kind of surprised he came back. Yeah, that's one of those things where you know. I think you look at his one year back home and how important that was to him, but it's kind of like when you go abroad for a year, right. In college, right. Like, you know, it's just part of the experience. It's something that I think he was glad and thankful he was able to do last year or bringing his family back there uh, playing for, you know, his hometown team. And of course having a great season overseas there as well. But I think if you're, you're crazy, you're probably looking at, uh, you know, finally kind of going full circle, coming back to the, the only team you played for in the NHL level, uh, coming back for one more year. You have to imagine it has the feel of one last run with a guy like Bergeron. So uh, I think for him, it's all about you, you know, checked off the one thing that you haven't done yet in your career at that point, if you're David Krejci in terms of going back overseas and finishing out a year. So if he was able to do that and then come back for one last run where, 
He's most likely going to have Taylor Hall and David Posternock on his line. Pretty good way to cap things off, right? So I, I think it was definitely – it's not the most uh, streamlined or easy to chart out career in terms of, like, the way he's kind of jumped around a little bit. But I think for him it's all about kind of having that finality of, of coming back to the Bruins and helping them out over – again, is this team a top-tier contender? Remains to be seen, you know, we'll see how they are, especially in the early going with the amount of injuries they have. But I think for him, just the opportunity to play with the guys that he's played with for over a decade now, one more time was a pretty appealing offer for what, especially considering what he signed for, right? Like, it's not like he was, you had to throw a bunch of money at him. The fact that it was only a $1 million base salary. Okay. He had some incentive wanting to come back here. Yeah. And I also think an interesting thing with Krejci is Bruce Cassidy is gone. Uh, Now, again, we'll talk to Krejci uh, on tomorrow, Tuesday, I would not expect him to come out and be like, Oh yeah, I actually came back cause Bruce Cassidy's gone. So to, don't expect that. But I m- remember his comments when he first went to the Czech Republic and he was like, Oh, like now David Postock's on the second line. Like I couldn't have got that treatment. I, I, I do think, I know that, um, you know, Cassidy was not let go or at least publicly was not let go because like, Oh, he needs to be let go of Bergeron and Krejci to come back. But I do think it's a legitimate question to ask of like how much of him leaving is why Bergeron and specifically Krejci are just now back. Yeah, again, as you said, I, I doubt we'll get a uh, a cut and dry answer from Krejci in that regard. But I think you can kind of I think especially in Krejci's case, like, I don't think Bergeron was necessarily something that was going to be dictated based on the coaching uh, change or anything like that. But yeah, as you said, David Krejci straight up, straight up said it during his time in the Czech Republic. Uh, of the need for, you know, more support, more offensive weapons is something we talked about for years and years with Krejci in terms of who they kind of threw on that second line with him. So now he comes back in a situation where you now have him who, again, kind of remains to be seen if he's still the same elite level player, but Hey, you have Taylor Hall and David Pasternak to his left and right. I think it's safe to assume they're going to be pretty productive, right? So I, I do think maybe some of that had an, an impact on Krejci who just from the timing of it, going from overseas in Europe for one year, you fire the coach, you probably have two high-powered weapons on your line, he comes back, kind of put two to two together, right? This isn't like true detective or there's some great conspiracy here. It's going to be one thing kind of follows the other here in terms of way uh, David Krejci's coming back. So uh, I think for him, he's definitely motivated uh, to come back and kind of get an actual legit kind of weapons with him on that line because – uh, it makes plenty of sense in terms of why he'd want to sacrifice and only put down $1 million in base salary for next year. It's funny, Connor, you know, uh, the, I think a lot of Bruins fans felt really good this morning because the Bergeron news came out right early in the morning that the chiff of him winking, you knew he was coming back. But when you want to feel good every morning, I want to tell you about our next partner that has a product I use literally every day. I started taking athletic greens because I wanted better gut health and more energy. I do not drink coffee. So while you went out and got coffee this morning, I do not drink coffee. I also don't use caffeine, which a lot of people uh, are surprised by. Every week, people are surprised I say this because I want healthier natural energy. And AG1 has been providing it in droves. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy or anything either. It has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to every single morning. So what is this stuff? Well, one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75, count them, 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery focus, and aging, all the things you could need 
It does. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, or gluten free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting really good. This all supports better sleep quality and mental clarity. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that is it. That is quite literally it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. Again, athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. You can see it on the screen if you're watching on YouTube to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So, uh, speaking of adding some insurance, at least down the middle, Chaco Mako brings up a good point. Athletic Greens, where the nutrition stats, where the nutrition stats, that's, that's genius right there. (laughs) That is absolutely terrific. I like that. We have really creative listeners. I will always respect that. Um, the other piece of insurance uh, the Bruins news did today was they signed Pavel Zaka one year, 3.5 million. I'm surprised at the length. I thought it would be a two or three year deal, just given they Sweeney had talked up his potential. Um, the 3.5 million though, that's not bad. That's really not bad uh, because I remember we both kind of were a little afraid, like, huh, it's going to be a five-year deal worth like, you know, $5 million per year. Uh, 3.5 is not too bad. Yeah, no, I think when you look at the situation, I think I'm kind of with you, Evan, in terms of not a huge fan of the term. I have to imagine, considering that they settled before they got to arbitration, that uh, Zaka Cooley wanted to either have a prove-it deal or was asking for me more than the Bruins were expecting. So I think you kind of bridge that gap by signing him to a one-year prove-it deal uh, that at the end of this year will have him be a UFA and he can kind of bet on himself. That being said, it's also you run the risk of him finally kind of putting it all together, right? He's never been a guy that's going to give you 45, 50 points in a season. But if he does take that huge step forward this year, and who knows whether he's in a top six role on the wing, if he's with Charlie Coyle in the third line, wherever he is, there's a pretty good chance that he takes another promising step forward. So if he puts together a really strong year and he's asking for four or five years next year at four and a half million, five million, then you're kind of in a, a pickle if you're the Bruins, because who knows what kind of happens then, whether it's is Bergeron and Krejci back. If not, those bonus overages are carrying over till next year. Uh, you have a whole a lot of other guys that are hitting free agency. So, it's very risky for the Bruins in terms of uh, trading for a guy like Zaka that is kind of operating on this one-year kind of prove-it kind of contract. But in terms of you, you can kind of flip that narrative as well and say that it gives the Bruins flexibility that if he doesn't work out or if they're trying to completely you know uh, go for a clean slate next year with so much money coming off the books that, all right, even if Zaka has a solid year, if you just don't want to retain him and want to start fresh and build around for the future – you have that option as well. So it's all kind of depends on how you want to interpret the long-term plans for the Bruins, which I think when you look at the news from today, which I think Bruins fans are excited about, it lessens the the issue of looking a little bit further down the road, because even with Bergeron and Krejci coming back, you look at 2024, 25, uh, not great, but again, let the good times roll for, for at least today. And then we can, we can ponder those uh, tougher situations a little bit further down the road, I'd say. They just keep putting those short-term extensions on like each year. Like, oh, oh, maybe next year will be bad. No, 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 it'll be good enough. It'll be good enough. So one thing I want to hit on that kind of all this leads to is like, how much better are they? Um, you know, because again, cap space wise, according to Cap Friendly, they are uh, 
negative 2.241 million, which again can be fixed with uh, the LTIR. Um, maybe they move off some cap space when those guys return. So I, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I don't think that they're going to like deal Mike Riley anytime soon for this or anything like that. Maybe they do, but I, I, I don't really see them doing it just given that they have the LTIR there. Um, but when it comes to their playoff hopes, because I know I see some comments on it, it's a huge thing everyone's kind of thinking about is like, where does this put them? Where does this put them in the Atlantic? And to me, I, I don't think it, I, I think all along we've expected this. So I don't think this is like, whoa, this came out of nowhere. This has changed the game. Again, it's going to come down to those, the most pivotal months of the year, and this sounds terrible, might be the first one to two months. Because that, if they can tread water through that, if they can be safely above 500 during that, if they can retain either a wild card spot or like right underneath it, you're in good shape. Because once Marshan comes back and McAvoy and Grizzlick, you have a full team. And that full team at fully healthy should be third or at worst fourth in the Atlantic. Yeah. I no, think. I, yeah, no, I agree. I think it's one of those things where does it necessarily move the needle enough that they're in that upper echelon of contenders like Colorado? No. Right. I think you still have to worry about those kind of uh, teams waiting at the end of the road there. But as you said, I think it's all going to come down to how they fare out of the gate which is a big ask for this team. Not only is it the fact that you're missing guys like Marshan, you're missing guys like McAvoy and Grizzly. The schedule's pretty tough in the start of the year, right? Yes. We, we talked about that that stretch they have in in uh, November where it's they play like Colorado twice, Tampa, Carolina. It's it's some brutal stretch there right around when I think Marshan and McAvoy should come back that all right, it's one thing if you're kind of treading water, but what if you're 10 and 18 at that point of the season, right? That's when things get a little bit tougher in terms of how you're going to navigate that. And who knows, they can go on a, a deep run once everyone's healthy and, and uh, able to roll into the playoffs. But as we say every year, a lot can change over the course of an NHL season. You have injuries that pop up, you have other developments, all these uh, hurdles you have to clear. So are the Bruins better than they were last year? When healthy, I would say so, just because I think if Krejci is the same player he was, let's say his last year, uh, with the Bruins when he had Taylor Hall, and he should be at that same level this year if he has a guy like David Pasternak on his line. Um, they'll be right in the mix, right? Like, again, you can look at other factors that could help them out. Does Jeremy Swayman take another big step forward, which would be a huge plus for them? I don't think Charlie McAvoy, as great as he is, his ceiling's been necessarily hit yet. Will you have guys like Brennan Carlo bounce back maybe under Jim Montgomery's system? You know, is Jake DeBrus build off of last Campus year? Campus Lindholm. Campus Lindholm, a full year with him and how he works out. You know, you have guys like Grizzlick who was injured last year. Does he take it? You've got so many other factors that can kind of either, you know, uh, improve this team or hurt them in terms of just what steps they go going forward. Because you have so many guys, even last year, for as much as the usual suspects kind of led the charge once again for the Bruins, you had also guys that were either scuffling uh, that weren't able to help get that team to its full potential. So are they going to be in the mix? Yep. And that's sometimes with a, with a game like hockey, that's all you kind of need to, to be in that mix and go on a run. But uh, you look at the amount of supporting casts on this team that can and should hopefully at least either rebound and get back to their usual level of play or could take steps forward. If you're a Bruins fan, at the very least, you should be encouraged because for at least one more year, you're going to have, a competitive team that hopefully will be, be able to play for some meaningful games once we get to April and May. Yeah. And again, I mean, you look at the division, right? Better than the Sabres, better than the Canadians, better than the Red Wings. Not really debatable. Senators, I would say you're much better than I know the Senators made some big additions, but I think on paper you're better. So it really comes down to Toronto and Toronto is brutal in net. 
That's the one thing. They're, they're just not good at net. And again, it wouldn't surprise me if Toronto, just given your injuries at the beginning of the year, gains points on you and finishes above you in the standings. But I mean, again, their goaltending situation is not great. So again, I look at that and I say, that's where you want. Your target spot in the Atlantic is third or fourth. Also, getting this extra offense down the middle, Bergeron and Krejci, helps you against a team like Florida, who has who's really bad on defense, who is not good, who took steps back in that hoop, uh, in the... Matthew Kachuk trade. So again, suddenly you're now in the mix more, which is, which is a good thing for them. Um, because again, I think, you know, there was also part of me that when I saw the Bergeron news, I thought to myself, what if Krejci like doesn't come back? Cause I thought they'd announce them together. I thought yeah. they would just do like a, a, you know, they'd put them together. They basically did. Um, you know, who's news, you know what, you know, who benefits the most from today's news? Who's that Evan? Jim Montgomery. Jim Montgomery benefits the most from today's news because, again, coming in as a new head coach, he mentioned in his introductory presser that Bergeron is basically like a coach in the room. He talked to him already. He, you know, wanted him in there, um, all those things. I think this is the transition. And, again, Montgomery's a player's coach. If he lets Bergeron and Krejci and those guys kind of run the room, that's not a bad group to be letting run the room, you know? So I think for him, it's a lot better knowing he's going to have a legit number one and number two center. And also that you're going to have this veteran leadership in there. I know it sounds like corny, but I do think it really matters, especially with the new head coach. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of the same thing that Bruce Cassidy talked about all these years ago, right? When he first started off there in terms of how much of a plus it is as any coach going to new situation where you got to learn the players and try to hammer down a, a new system or, or get guys playing to your style of play. It helps when also you have, you know, these veteran cornerstones in the room that you can turn to that, right. You're already going to be busy installing systems and going over film and hammering home your kind of message. It's, it's, you know, another plus to be able to turn to the veterans in the room and have them kind of run those things as well. Um, so yeah, as you said, it's going to be a huge plus for Montgomery that he can turn to guys like Bergeron and Krejci and, even, you know, guys that have been around for a while now, even Kahlo, Coyle, all these other guys, like they've got a very strong supporting cast there. And by having guys like Bergeron and Krejci and Martian in place, you know, the Bruins, even though sooner or later they're going to have to, you know, get a clean slate and build for the future, the identity that, you know, Bergeron and these guys did such a good job of cultivating and fostering years ago, it's still in place, right? Like you've got a new coach, you've got younger players added to the mix, but as long as those guys are still there leading the way, um, there's still going to be the same kind of Bruins team in terms of the identity and the principles they kind of work and operate with. So, um, yeah, as you said, for Montgomery, who's already got his work cut out for him, it just makes it that much easier in terms of, you know, stepping into that room and, and kind of taking over, uh, taking over the ship this upcoming season. Yeah. See, I'm seeing a question from a, a YouTube commenter. Momo Adomo asks, uh, can we afford, can the Bruins afford Kadri? The answer is no. Not anymore. It not really anymore. is not happening. You don't also need Nazem Kadri. They don't need Nazem Kadri. That's the other thing. Like they're they've they've got they've got one and two. They don't they don't need him right now. Um, I mean, if he was young, again, if Nazem Kadri was the level he was and he was like twenty five, first of all, he'd already be scooped up by now. So that's like a whole other thing. But like maybe you'd go for him because again, the future down the middle. I mean, you know, we did prospects on Poke the Bear uh, last week. And there are some encouraging guys in there that could potentially maybe be number ones and number twos at center. I still think that's a huge, it's the biggest issue this team faces is like who is kind of taking over for Bergeron and Krejci. I mean, the fact that a year after Krejci leaves, this team still needs to call David Krejci and bring him back is, you know, like it's a thing that is sort of an issue and speaks to the development. But I do, and I don't think it's just us kind of, you know, 
not thinking, but I do think that they have guys in the system who could potentially down the line be number one and number two centers. Now, again, are they going to take over for Bergeron uh, perfectly and Krejci perfectly? No, probably not. Um, but again, if you need them for a bridge, whatever it might be, I do think, you know, guys like Brett Harrison, and I know he's bad defensively, but like Georgie Merkuloff. And uh, I think that there's some some excitement there. I also want to say uh, the Mason Lowrider interview, I saw someone ask about this. I think that will either go like this weekend or it'll be Bruins beat next week. It was supposed to be, t- it was supposed to be, it was supposed to go Tuesday. It was supposed to go tomorrow. Um, but uh, this kind of took precedent just because, you know, big news, huge news. Um, so all this news happens. Do you have any other like big thoughts from this? Like takeaways that you had or um, surprises? Were you surprised by any of this? Yeah, I don't think there's any real surprise other than maybe just the fact that I thought this was going to be a situation where with them signing these contracts, I thought he was looking at at least three and a half million uh, for each guy in terms of base salary. And I thought this was going to be a situation where if they weren't having any moves in terms of moving a guy like Riley or or Felino or anything like that, they were going to be entering training camp with five, six million dollars over the cap. So now that you're in a situation where all those guys are signed, um, and you're looking at what is it? I think like two and a half, maybe two point two million over the cap. Again, you have to get under that at some point, but it's not an insurmountable kind of mountain to get over. Now it's not like you're moving multiple players out, or it's not like you're Vegas. You have... <laughs> exactly, it's not like Vegas or anything like that. So again, you don't want to be dealing with kind of cap jail uh, in terms of getting under it. But for the Bruins, in terms of what both Bergeron and Krejci did as a solid for the team it's going to be probably at least one player and that's about it in terms of getting under that cap limit and still fielding what should be when healthy, a pretty solid roster. Brad Marchand has tweeted. Uh, he has I logged on to twitter.com. It is just the emoji of the, of the <laughs> water. That was it. Yes. Just wet, I guess. Uh, good for him. Yeah. He's good for Brad. kicking on that. Gotta love it. We have his, we have his comment. <laughs> <laughs> we can put that in a story. Yes. Quote, that emoji, Marshan said Monday on Twitter. Um, another interesting thing that everyone's kind of waiting for, the last thing that people are kind of questioning is David Poshnok's extension. Now, again, this would have been the perfect day to announce it, but I guess you have to say, see, they got to save some news for other days. They can't just do everything in one fell swoop, which they basically have done. They tried. Sweeney's they like, tried you know it. what? Sweeney's like, you know what? We're doing all our work today. You guys have the rest of the summer off. You know, just, you know, you're going to work like a 17 hour day today, but you got to, you know, just, just today. Uh, but the Pasternak extension, um, you know, again, I think we have said that it would be kind of worrisome if they go into training camp without something done. I just, I would expect something soon, right? I mean, I, I think the main concern wouldn't be training camp. It'd be going into the regular season. Like yes, I would, yes, I regular, imagine, not training camp. I meant regular yeah, season. I imagine the timeline is maybe they take a little bit of a break now and revisit it once guys are all back at Warrior. You're able to talk to him uh, daily and try to hammer things out. I imagine that's something they focus on um, around the time of camp opening up. Again, things can change in a hurry. All it takes is you know Pasternak to see these guys signed and want to commit to this team for the long haul, which I think is what the Bruins would love to have happen. Uh, But I think, yeah, as you said, it's only a real issue, I think, is if you're going into the middle of October, you have actual games starting up, and that's when you hit a point where a guy like Pasternak just wants to table it to this upcoming summer, which, if you're the Bruins, that is a hell of a risky uh, play to, to roll through in terms of this is a team that is trying to go for it this year. You don't know what the future holds beyond that. You run the risk of a guy like Pasternak hitting free agency where he's going to get 
paid by some team next summer, that's when you run into the issue, right? Of having the narrative of what you're going to do with Pasternak, where that, where this team is at at the deadline if things go haywire with injuries or what have you, and you have to worry about what to do with a guy like Pasternak. Um, I think in terms of just getting rid of those narratives and, and, you know, checking off what should be at the top of the Bruins list now in terms of both the short-term and long-term success of this franchise, it's going to be trying to bridge that gap and get Pasternak to sign a deal probably around those two weeks around training camp. Yeah. I mean, again, I think a lot of people are hoping that he's signing today or tomorrow or this week, but I do think there's some patience required. Um, Again, I don't expect him to sign anywhere else. I don't expect him to come to the negotiating table and say, you know, I'm not coming back. I don't want to come back. Because again, remember how how um, dreary I guess things were at the beginning of the offseason when it was like he may not come back. He he's upset with everything, and now it seems like things have uh, at least gotten a little bit better or a lot better actually. Uh, because again, we're not hearing any of those reports. So uh, lots happened today. Lots lots happened. Uh, what can the people look forward to from you over at BSJ? Yep, Evan will continue to break down, uh, get all the takeaways from all the news from today with Bergeron, Krejci, and Zaka. Again, we'll have more comments and stories coming out the next couple of days once Zaka and Krejci both speak to us. Don Sweeney is going to be speaking to the media on Wednesday, so there'll be plenty of takeaways from that as well. So, uh, again, every single day over at BSJ, we'll have tons of Bruins content throughout the summer going into the 2022-23 season. So please subscribe over at BSJ. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. And remember, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and put on daily notifications so you'll always know when we have videos coming up. But anyways, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You listen to Bruins Beat. And you Bruins Beat listeners have a great rest of your week. (laughs) 